By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 crap, 104.5 KSLQ. Yeah, they're all on. Pardon the Westplex. Hold on a minute. i to do something here. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Okay, are you there, Shelly? I am here. I had to, uh, well, I won't say this, and I'm, I'm still working on something, so I can't. You had to do your magic. No, I understand. I can't say what I'm doing until I do a couple more things, and then I can talk about what just happened on Westplex. KSOQ, up and running, no problem. Westplex was off the air. Um, and once again, <laughs> well, I can't say anything until I get it done. So Yeah, don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I will tell you what. Um, what? Let's do this. Let's go back, okay. and and if you don't mind, uh, we'll do a real short, real short break here. Um, I will publicize the fact that it is officially bell ringing season. Wednesday was the annual luncheon for the St. Charles. Yeah, there you go for the St. Charles County bell ringing for the Salvation Army. Uh, there are limited bell ringers. There are a few of them out there, and that's by design. Uh, there's only a few locations that have the bell ringers, but once we get closer to Thanksgiving, you'll see more and more, and then when we hit Thanksgiving, you will see the bell ringers practically everywhere that you normally see the bell ringers. Deerberg, Schnooks, Walmart, places like that, okay? If you want to ring bells, you all you have to do is just now it's online. It's really easy. It's called registertoring.com, and it's a website put up by the Salvation Army. It's not put up by some guy trying to get your driver's license number or anything like that. It's a legitimate site, registertoring.com, and just go there, and it has all the information on how you can uh, ring bells. Uh, very easy to do. We highly recommend it. I mean, I know people go like, well, I don't want to stand out in the cold. Guess what? Some places you're not outside. But even still, it gives you a good feeling, and you will see people that you know. You'll see friends. You'll see business uh, associates. You'll see neighbors. You'll see all sorts of people that are appreciative of the fact that you're out there ringing the bell. And guess what? They will put money in the kettle. And starting last year, they now have QR codes on the uh, kettle. So if you don't have any cash with you, no problem. You can essentially just take the QR code off the the, uh, kettle. Remember we did that last year? And, yes, we did. And it worked, believe it or not. No, it worked very well. Uh, and you can uh, help the Salvation Army out. My dad, who was a World War II veteran in the Army for 40 years, always told me, if you're going to give money, give it to the Salvation Army. He talk, talked about how they were always there for the GIs, uh, and they're still there for the GIs all over the world. And they're here in the United States. When there's a disaster, you'll see the Red Cross people there. But you also see the Salvation Army people. And the Salvation Army people give everything away for free. Whereas that other company that I've just mentioned, not necessarily for free. Get what I'm saying? So if, where I do. do. You, where do you want to give your money to? That's, I'll go ahead and say it. My dad always used to say to me, don't ever give any money to the Red Cross. Always give to the Salvation Army. That's what he said. But of course, when I was actually in my official title as the what chairman of the St. Charles County Bell Ringers group or whatever it was, my goofy title was. You were was. the Tree of Lights chairman. That's what I was. I was the Tree of Lights chairman. I, yes. would n- I was not allowed to say that. Well, now since I'm not the chairman anymore, I resigned my position. I can say, hey, this is what my dad said. And my dad was a smart guy, much smarter than me. And he said, don't ever give money to the Red Cross. Always give money to the Salvation Army. So register to ring.com, register to ring.com. Shelly, here's one or two. Audible for you. 
uh, because I'm still having some issues here at the studio. I'm going to play, what am I going to do? I'm going to play two songs. Okay, I'm going to play two songs. Uh, let me see which songs I'm going to play. I'm going to play, uh, i got to get them queued up here. I'm going to play uh, my favorite, Jonas Brothers and Marshmallow, the guy who gets women by walking around with a marshmallow head in his head. And <laughs> Ew, okay. <laughs> if, if you were walking down the street, if, let's say you were, let's go back to your single days, and you were a single woman, and you're walking down the street, and you see a guy with a marshmallow head on, with two eye holes in it, which you go, oh, my God, i got to meet that guy. i got to date that guy. It's like one of the guys <laughs> from Fat Albert. Wouldn't you say that? Wouldn't you say, oh, my God, i got to meet that guy. i gotta, I got to date no, him. No, I wouldn't say that at all. I wonder if, he, he, I wonder if he'd take me I out. Would, I would probably <laughs> stare and point. No, I wouldn't I wonder, do that. I wonder, but I, I definitely wouldn't. It, that would not be an attractor to You me, wouldn't? No. A guy wearing a marshmallow head wouldn't be like the, the guy that... I like marshmallows to begin with. So, but unless of course they're in the fire with s'mores and chocolate. Okay, so so the guy who wearing a marshmallow head wouldn't be the one uh, the guy that all women want to date. So that's what you're telling me. No, mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe. Anyway, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play two songs. I'm gonna play the marshmallow song, and I'm gonna play Summer Days, which is one of my favorite songs. And then we'll be okay. back now. Westplex 107.1 listeners, we may drop off the air a few more times. I'm resetting a couple things, and that's what'll happen. KSOQ listeners, things will go as normal, no problems. So that's what's going to expect. So if you're on 104.5, no problems whatsoever. If you're on 107.1, we may drop off. We'll be back. You ready? Yep, two BRB. Song, two songs, and we'll be right back, as Shelly says. And by the way, I had someone yesterday call me and say, "What does when Shelly says, what does I fly mean? I said, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's so whoever that was, just have them text me and I'll tell them. It's 642. True. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 crap and 104.5 KSLQ, all part of the BS in the Morning.com. Nope. Can't say that, can I? BS in the Morning.show. BS in the Morning.show, Trimalcast. Yeah, there we go. Okay. We're back up and running. You hear us okay? You're listening off air on 107.1, Shelly? Yes. Okay. I'm seeing my monitor. I'm seeing my confidence monitor work. So it shows that we are on the air and we're talking. That's what you're seeing, I thought I was your confidence monitor. (laughs) Well, to a certain extent, you are. Uh, I can tell you what happened now. Okay. Someone hacked us. So did they really? Yeah. Honest to God. Someone got into, uh, I won't say what it is, but they got into it. And uh, ultimately, it's MDF. You know what MDF is? Um, I probably would use different acronyms, but I get the gist. No, you don't. It's, I can say it. M is, okay. M is my, D is damn, as in Hoover, and F is fault. It's my damn fault. You know, that's what happens when a fault breaks. It's, it's you know, the guy who designed the damn, he says, it's my damn fault. Speaking of which, have you been down to Branson lately? Well, here, let me tell the story. What happened was on oh, I'm sorry. something here on, on, on I'm not going to say where, but I didn't have the password set, <laughs> and somebody got into it and reprogrammed us. 
Yes, they did. So stupid me, once again, MDF, my damn fault, and that's Hoover Dam. Uh, and somebody got into one of our computers and reprogrammed something on it, and that's why we were off the air in 107.1. So we're back on. I got a password. And to whoever did it, all I can say is two words, third phalanges, okay? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying to you, third <laughs> phalanges. Now, the nurses mm-hmm. and the doctors out there, and like your daughter would know exactly what I'm talking about. Some I people, know what you're talking well, about. Some people go, what's a phalange? <laughs> right? <laughs> Once again, to you who got into it, third, matter of fact, third phalanges, both hands. How's that? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, You're hilarious. That's the nice way of cussing. You know, you can say. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, okay. So you were saying what now? Oh, because you said I don't know what you said. Something about the faults. When the faults break, that's when. Right. Okay. Branson, they have like an entire little community that is it it is so down in the valley that all you can see is the rooftops when you're on the regular street so you're talking like people to live there yes it's a community it's not like it's not part of branson it's something else it is part of branson but it's it's like a subdivision uh i think it's something like newtown Oh my God! <laughs> Something like Newtown that is can, like literally in a ravine. Can, like, you, you, I don't think you could get out if it snowed. You know, you know, there's a psychological. I couldn't even go down in there to look at it because it freaked me out so much. There's a psychological. Well, there. You know what? There's places on high on Highway 94. Actually, there's places on. Um, I'm trying to think. What is that? Is that is that Double D? There's places on Double D. I think it's Double D. That. Are like that. People have houses along Double D off of 94 in St. Charles County that I have no idea how in the world they get out when it snows. I mean, some of those driveways because their house is like when you're standing on the road, and their their house isn't that far off the road. You're standing on the on the road and you're looking down onto their roof. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly how this community it's like, is. It's like Brad. how in the world do they get out of there when it snows? Okay. I, I, and I mean, it was a thriving little community. It had shops, and I mean, it was like a like a little. It's city. gone now. It's there's nothing there left. You're, you're sure I'm sorry, sir. There's it's not there anymore. I mean, there it's you said it, it was, is it, there. You said it was. But if the levee broke or the dam, you know, if they they unlock undid the dam. Well, I I undid the dam because <laughs> I said it's MDF, my damn fault. So I undid the dam. I didn't say you did. DMMM. Did. I said DAM. I didn't put the N on it, so it's like. My Hoover fault. Um, anyway, um, you know, when's the last time you were in Branson? Um, three, four weeks ago. I read an article that, I guess about two or three months ago, that wasn't very flattering, that talked about how all the talent that used to be there is gone. Is that true? That, you know, like used to be the type, you know, Tony Orlando was there and, and you know, and, and Lawrence Welk was there and these people were there and this people were there and, and you know, and now it's like there's not much big names anymore. Is that is that the case? Well, I don't really watch the show, so I don't know the answer to that question. God, I haven't been in Branson in a long time. Last time I'm I was sorry? in, I said I haven't been in Branson in a long time. Last time I was in Branson, I was paid to go there. How bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> well... 
we weren't paid to go there, but we needed to be there. So, well, you know, it was only for two days. It got, you know, Branson was like smoking hot for a while. Um, yeah. And then it got to the point where I think it got sort of a weird reputation that if you were 80 or over, you went there. Say, that was me. I could have seen now I can go there because I'm 86. So I'd fit right in. You know, matter of fact, uh, you know, I got my little walker and I got, you know, I got my, my toupee with my 200 mile, mile an hour Velcro straps that I put on there. Uh, by the way, I, I read an article yesterday or the day before the president of NASCAR. He's addressing the Let's Go Brandon thing. It was actually sort of funny, you know, because that's you remember the story. That's how it started, because the gal from the lady, the, the, the lady reporter from NBC was I think it was NBC was interviewing Brandon. I, mean, I can't remember his name. Is that terrible? You can you know his first name, but you don't nobody knows his last name anymore. And the crowd's chanting. F. Joe Biden, okay? And and you can hear it clear as day. This is on national yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right. Because you showed me that YouTube video. Right. You, it's, you can hear it clear as day. And yeah. the woman says, hey, Brandon, don't you think it's wonderful? The crowd's chanting, let's go, Brandon. So she's like trying to cover. you know. And once again, uh-huh. what's interesting is I've read a couple journalist professors say, this is what's wrong with journalism because it was pretty interesting because it was so simplistic. The guy, two articles I read by journalism professors saying this is what's wrong with journalism because you can clearly hear that's not what they're saying. But she's trying to put up a smoke screen because this is going on in the air. So she's probably, oh, my God, I'm out here interviewing this guy. And he just won the NASCAR. And he's a great interview. And he was a great interview. He was like super, yeah. He was like jumping up and down. And, oh, my God, I won. And that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's. That's the kind of interview you want to have. You don't want the guy, well, you know, our, my team and I, we worked real hard, and we put the lug nuts on tight, and we make sure there was oil in the crankcase, and, yeah, we won the race, and I got to go back to bed. Bye. You want a guy who's like, oh, my God, bouncing off the walls. So they're saying that this is like the epitome of what has happened to mainstream media is that they'll tell you what you should think, not what's actually happening. And I'm thinking, you know what? It that's is, that's exactly true. That is exactly what they but do. That's exactly what they did. They essentially <laughs> said, you're not hearing them say, F Joe Biden. You're hearing them say, go, let's go, Brandon. And everybody went like, and it like started like the next day. I mean, like the memes were everywhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's one of those like, okay. And once again, if my journalism professor, Dr. Camille Winter, were alive today, He'd just have a field day with this because he would just show you, you know, he had, you know, he was from Czechoslovakia and this riddle, really weird little accent and he'd get, and you know how the Europeans, like, I don't know if they do it anymore because of COVID, but you like, you go into Europe and they get up like two inches from your nose. They're talking to you. You know what I'm talking about? They're like in your face. I mean, literally in your face. I've never been to Europe. Well, in the United States. So they don't know uh, territorial bubbles. Well, but see, what's interesting is. Part of my degree, which is worthless, when I took speech communications, we learned that. And that has has served me well. I had a butthead boss once upon a time that knew that tactic. And he intimidated everybody because he would come up to you and he would get like two inches away from your nose. It was almost like nose to nose, almost to the point where if you would have moved forward a little bit, you would have, you know, you would have touched noses that close. And he would do that. And 
the people that worked for him were freaked about it because especially the women in the office were like, they were like terrified. Oh my God, it's Mr. Mm, I won't say his name. Uh, he gets right in your face and he talks to you and uh, it just makes me so uncomfortable. So in other words, what he's doing is he knows what he's doing. He knows he's making people uncomfortable. So I, <laughs> the first time he did it to me, I'm going like, okay, I know what this guy's up to. So the second time I told one of the girls in the office, I said, watch what he does to me the next time I do this. So he comes up to me, and he's, like, upset about something. He's, like, right in my grill. He's, like, literally two inches from my nose. You know, if I would have leaned forward, nose to nose, right? So I, yeah. start, I start taking little tiny steps toward him. Little tiny steps. Little left foot go out about an inch. Right foot go out about an inch. And I walked him backwards down the hall. And finally, he became so uncomfortable, he just stopped talking to me and walked off. Because I was playing his game and I was winning. And the and the, the women who were in the office at the time were freaked. They're going like, Oh my god, that was so funny. He he stopped he just stopped talking to you. He just stopped yelling at you and walked away because you walked I walked him like ten feet down the hall. You know, I mean like just take these little tiny steps, like inch at a time, you know, and he kept talking and the further down the hall I got him, the more rattled he got. And then he just got frustrated and turned around and walked off. And then the next day he said, you know, he's nice to me. Next day he was nice to me. He was always a jerk. Next day he was nice. Is that bizarre or what? So basically you intimidated him? Well, because I, I counter-intimidated him. You know what I'm saying? Because he used it as an intimidation tactic to intimidate people because he'd get up in your face and people are uncomfortable with that. What do you call it? Your, your, your inner, it's called interpersonal space. But it's, you called it. It's called a territorial bubble okay. is what it's called. Same thing. You know, same kind of deal. Anyway, we got to take a break. We're still on the air? Uh-huh. Yes, we're still on the air. Okay, it's 6.59. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Would help if I turned the right microphone on. Westplex 107.1. God, this has been a screwed up morning. We're still on the air, Shelly? We still? <laughs> yes, we are. I can hear you loud and proud. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. 104.5, 13.50 crap, and we call it the uh, Trimal Cast, and together it's all on bsinthemorning.show, bsinthemorning.show. Beautiful morning, beautiful sunrise. Uh, you know. Uh, it's a little chilly. Well, crazy in that. Now you're having sun in your eyes going to work and coming home from work, depending on which way you go to work, uh, differently because of the fact that we have the time change. Last week, if you left the house at a certain time, you didn't have problems with the sun. This week, you got problems with the sun, or maybe vice versa. Last week, you didn't have problems with the sun, and this week, you do. One of those things. And you know what? I read something the other day, talked about how there's so many states now that are not doing daylight savings time anymore. They're just going around the clock, around the year, same clock. I don't know if I like that or not. And are you one of those people that takes like two weeks to get acclimated to the different hour? I've never understood that. I used to really enjoy falling back, but... I mean, but does it? Net- I don't re- enjoy falling back anymore because it is so dark at six. Well, at six, like at five now, you know. I mean, like. Oh well, I just noticed it at six. I'm like, and I even, and I'm kind of oblivious to my, you know, to to my surroundings sometimes. And but I made a mental note that, boy, it sure is dark. It's got to be eight o'clock, and it wasn't. It was like six. Well, it gets worse every day until we hit December 21st, and then it goes back the other way. So uh, every day it gets shorter, which to me it's like, God, I hate this. I just hate it, you know? 
it's it's to the point where it's so nice at like seven eight o'clock at night and it's still light you know and yet you know it's for me i don't know if this happens to you but this gives the people who don't use their 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 headlights on their car more time to drive around without their headlights on <laughs> i'm the other night i'm driving down i won't say where i was driving and <laughs> guy in front of me you know, it's like 7 o'clock in the evening. It's already been, you know, two hours after sunset. Driving along, no lights. No, I mean, he didn't have, like, daytime running lights on. Because I went around him and go like, okay, i got to look this, see if these guys got daylight. Because that's the problem. A lot of people, you, you look like you got lights because your daytime running lights are driving. See, the daytime running lights thing is sort of interesting to me. Some I like that. You know, my MKS did not have daytime running lights, but my, but, but Princess does. Well, you know, you know where that started, don't you? I do not. Canada. Canada's had that rule for years and years and years because of the fact that if you had a car that was originally made and sold in Canada, because I know this because I'm a car nerd, because a lot of times when you're doing wiring diagrams, the can- Canadian cars were wired differently because they had the headlights on with the ignition switch. And or at least they had like low beams on or something like that. And that's the way it was. And then they decided. And quite honestly, I think it's good because I've had situations in the past where like, let's say you're on a street somewhere and you're in the sun and the street in front of you, you're trying to make like, let's say you're trying to make a left turn and you're on a two lane street, a two lane road or something like that. And coming at you, the cars are shielded by trees and it's sort of, you know, sort of shady. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Sometimes it's hard to pick up a car like that because you got the sun in your eyes, you know, sort of like, you know, and your eyes are trying to adapt. Okay, I got, you know, your your iris is, is is getting smaller because you got the sun in your eyes and somebody comes out of the dark with the headlights on. You see it real simply. You know, that's and you know what? That's why they have them on planes. You know why? That's why they have them on. Do you know that? I did not. Yeah, because of the fact that that the you, you know, as a matter of fact, when when two planes sometimes a plane will, they'll pass each other and one plane will forget to turn off his high beams and the other pilot will flash him. Oh, stop it! <laughs> that was from the other day. Bite me. You, you oh my goodness! That was so last week. Actually, it was probably. You this don't week, believe but. that? You don't believe? Oh, that guy! He's always always flying with his high beams on. It blinds me. I can't see where I'm going, so I just flash him. The air police are up there. <laughs> yeah, they pulled him over. Flash, <laughs> flashes, flash your lights so they know the air police is there. That's what we need. We need the air police. Okay, what are we going to talk do. about? Okay, I got my list. I'm all screwed up because for those of you who just joined us, we're off the air on at least Westplex 1071 for a while uh, because of the fact that someone hacked us. Oh, my God. Okay, I got to talk about this. He is getting he is getting nailed on this. Josh, Who's that? Josh Hawley, Okay. Josh uh-huh. Josh Hawley, he's getting nailed in this. Let me see if I can find the video. There's a video for this. Um, this uh, guy's gonna give me he's gonna give me a stupid commercial here, which is a bogus commercial. You know, I hate these commercials that are fake. Okay, no. Josh Hawley came out yesterday, and first off, he's agreeing with Tucker Carlson. He was on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News, which right away some people, oh my god, Tucker Carlson, he's the devil. If you listen to what he says, he's the world's worst person. Josh Hawley came out and said, the problem with our country is a loss of masculinity. And I have to... He was listening to us. I have to tell you, I agree with him. I agree with him. I know you've said that before. He must have been listening to us. 100%. 
And you know now, Aww. you know this, and because he came out like toxic masculinity. Oh, you can't have toxic. I'm going like, okay. So if we just talked about that the other day. I know. We totally he's, gave him. His, we getting, were his muse. I believe it's still on the front page of the Post Dispatch. Let me look on STL Today. It was last night. It was on the front page of the STL Today about. I can't believe that Josh Hawley. You know, their Post Dispatch is just ripping him to shreds about. I can't believe our senator is talking about masculinity. Let me see if it's on. Wasn't that comment to you? Yeah. Uh, Messenger Holly finds a new purpose as the defender of manly men. That's that's Tony Messenger's article. Um, oh, got to talk about this too. Frank Cusimano, Channel Five, got his yeah. car, got his car stolen from the Chaffetz lot. You know, at, at SLU. I mean, this has gotten crazy. Okay, remind me to go back to stealing cars and breaking in cars and things like that. Okay, so okay. Josh Hawley goes on Tucker Tucker Carlson and essentially says what most people truly believe but you can't say it anymore that there are men and there are women and we're different we're not the same we're different we're, yes we're biologically it's a mars venus thing right we're biologically different and we're mentally different we got different oh you know, yeah that op- is so true well we, you know once again i mean and, and i'm you not, all have a different thought process and flow chart than we do I, you know i agree and he's essentially saying that calling out men for being masculine is wrong and i will say right now i agree 100 percent. and i heard somebody the other night and i'm not going to say who because some people when i tell this story some people go i can't believe you're talking about that he was talking about the kyle rittenhouse trial who's that this is the guy that's on trial for shooting the people up in uh, kenosha wisconsin you know he, he he shot three people two of them he killed and, and once again, the deal behind Kyle, he was 17 years old. He wanted to be a firefighter. He was in some cadet program in his hometown. He lived in northern Illinois, and it's only like, it's only like from his house to Wisconsin was only like 30 miles. So, he, you know, the, the riots were going on because, remember, they, they shot the guy. The police shot the guy, and in in, in, in once again, uh, they showed up at this house for a um, um, domestic disturbance call. And the guy comes out, and he's arguing with the police. And then he, they try to arrest him, and he won't—you know—they won't let him get arrested. Finally, it comes out that—that—and by the way, he had like four or five outstanding warrants against him: sexual assault and stuff like that, all sorts of weird stuff. Anyway, he refused to listen to the police, and he got into a car, and he had a knife, and he went after one of the cops, and they shot him. Didn't kill him, but they shot him. And I think he's paralyzed from the waist down. Tragic thing, but once again, the whole thing could have been avoided. He had warrants out for arrest. They were just there. You know, they didn't know that at the time. They showed up. They got a domestic abuse call. He was apparently beating some woman. They show up. You know, he wouldn't comply. He goes in his car, grabs a knife. They shoot him. Okay? So then they have the riots in Kenosha. So Kyle Rittenhouse, this 17-year-old kid, grabs his gun, which he shouldn't have had because he's too young, grabs an AR-15-style rifle, goes up to Kenosha, and there's pictures of him at the trial. They showed this. There's pictures of him showing up at Kenosha uh, the night before the rioters vandalized the school. Him and a bunch of people are taking graffiti off the walls of the school. A bunch of rioters wrote nasty things on the wall of the school. Outside, he's there, you know, you know getting off the, you know, scrubbing off the graffiti. There's, that was decent. They're setting fires to to businesses, to car dealerships. There's one video that shows him running across a parking lot with a fire extinguisher, putting out a trash dumpster and a car. Okay, he's doing all that kind of stuff. Who's calling me? Um, Alma, Michigan. I don't know who this is. Okay, anyway. um, Hold on a minute. Anyway, so 
uh, he's on trial because he and and he's on trial for self defense. Okay, so this particular guy was on the air an opinion piece talking about Kyle Rittenhouse is a dude. He's masculine because what he did was he was protecting people. He was there to try to help to calm down the, the, the riots. And once again, the police just stood there for the most part and did nothing. It's like I was there in Ferguson the night the verdict came out. I witnessed me with my two eyes, not, you know, me journalism boy with my two eyes. I witnessed people torching businesses and the police were nowhere. And nothing against the police, nothing against the National Guard, because guess what? They were told to stand down. They were essentially were told to just sit, don't do anything, just let everybody just, you know, burn the hell out of Ferguson and Delwood, you know, all those places up there. Just chill out, and when it's over, it's over. We'll go pick up the pieces. And those poor people had their businesses destroyed. Uh, hopefully they had good insurance. Uh, anyway, this guy was saying that what Kyle Rittenhouse did as a young man, he showed what men should be about. If there's a problem, you go and try to fix it. If there's now, I don't necessarily agree that he shows up with a gun, you know. But once again, everybody else had guns because the one guy he shot, you know, they came out in the trial. That's the thing that's going to blow this trial wide apart is that the guy that he shot in the arm, the guy admitted to him he had a gun. He was pointing it at Kyle Rittenhouse, going to shoot him. So you know, essentially, Kyle said, "I shot him in self-defense." And the other two guys that that he shot, one guy hit him in the head with a skateboard. And the other guy, you know, came after him, tried to grab the gun away from him. So it's like, okay. And the bizarre part of this is, which is interesting, they can't admit this in court. The one guy he killed was like a convicted child molester. And the other guy he killed was, got out of the hospital that morning for mental instability. He was, he was like in the psych ward. I'm going like, okay, what does that tell you about the people who are protesting? These are the BLM protesters, okay? So, so Josh Hawley is getting nailed because he's essentially saying, there's nothing wrong with being masculine. And remember, you and I have talked about this. You go yes. back you go back to the John Wayne era. What was yes. John Wayne all about? John Wayne was for the he most part He was about swagger. He was well, about but, being a complete and total man. But for the most part, he didn't really put the swagger on until he had to TCB, if you know what I'm saying. You know? Yes. I mean, he wasn't like the guy that walked in the room and said, okay, nobody better talk or I'm going to come punch you in the nose. He wasn't that kind of a guy. No, he sat there and he listened to the circumstances. <laughs> exactly. And then he punched people in the nose. And then he, he took appropriate nose. action. <laughs> and then he punched people in the nose. Right. Yeah. And that was, and once again, look at these, all these guys that like when I was growing up, you know, Robert Mitchum, you know, all yeah. these guys who were like, you know, these stoic kind of men and I'd look at you they, with that look and you'd go like, oh my God, I made him mad. I'm going to get a knuckle sandwich. You know what I mean? It was one of those kind of things. It was like, and I deserve it. <laughs> right. And I deserve it. And essentially that's gone. And the same, the thing that's about it is like, and once again, this whole thing, well, you have to be gender fluid and you know, you have, and I think the, the sad part of it is there are guys right now. I know younger guys who have kids who tell me they have boys and they're confused about how to grow, how to, how to train, you know, how to teach their boy to be a man. Which I think is sad. Now, I know there's people out there going, I can't believe he's talking about this. He's such a sexist. Blah, 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 blah. You know, once again, you know, and what they call toxic masculinity, if there's toxic masculinity, I say there's toxic femininity. And you know people who are like that. You know what I'm saying? I do. Because <laughs> that's the other side of the equation. But once again, it's like a continuum. Everybody, you know, some people are right in the middle. 
They're very well-tempered. You know, they don't ever get mad. You know, they're always... Yeah, I'm not that girl. They're always <laughs> a good doobie. And then you've got the continuum on one side. you got the people who are, like, evil. And you got the other side, the people who are, like, super nice. You know, and everybody else is somewhere in between. But still lose their tempers. Well... God, I, I got. I had a, Just uh, because you lose your temper doesn't mean you're evil. It means uh, you have poor impulse control. Poor impulse control. You really believe that? I do. So Josh Hawley is getting nailed. And uh, uh, oh, here, here's somebody sent me this. Let me. Mike sent me this. After America, it's China's turn to worry about masculinity. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. I'll read that article later. Okay. So that's my thing on toxic masculinity. Okay. Second thing. We've got a couple more minutes here. Frank Cusmano got his car stolen. And if you've heard this, this has happened over the last week or so. You talk about terrible people. You know what they're doing? What? They're hitting the car thieves, and more importantly, not necessarily the car thieves, but the people breaking into cars. They're hitting all the parking lots of all the places that people work at night. UPS, FedEx post office you know uh uh, amazon they're going to the parking lots on the night shift you know between like midnight and six and they're breaking into people's cars because they're thinking okay we know these you know we know what shifts we know when the shifts start so they know what they're they're doing so like let's say the shift starts at midnight they know that at three o'clock in the morning there's not going to be anybody in the parking lot because nobody's coming and going for the most part everybody's inside they're worker bees and these cretins are out 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 there breaking windows stealing stuff out of cars and it's gotten to the point where it's gotten to be like epidemic i mean it's going on i think we need to bring back it's 10 o'clock do you know where your children (laughs) are but see the police i do think we need to bring that back the police can't just do that anymore they just can't pull over something because like i told the story when i was a kid i worked at steak and shake and worked in florissant at the steak and shake there and if i worked three nights a week which i did i got pulled over at least one night a week and you know i look back and i think to myself some of the cops were cool about it some guys were jerks I told the story about the one guy that pulled me over. He's just really being a jerk to me. You know, I, you know, I go, sir, I'm coming home. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? Are you a high school kid? Yes, sir. I'm on the way home. Well, what are you doing out here at 2 o'clock in the morning? Kids aren't showing up you. You're violating curfew. Sir, I just got off of work. Where do you work? I work at Steak and Shake. How do I know you work at Steak and Shake? I got my Steak and Shake uniform. Anybody can have one of those. I looked at him. I go, <clears throat> you know how I can tell that, you know how you can tell that I work at Steak and Shake? He goes, how's the that? Pants. I go, I sold you, uh, I gave you a cup of coffee tonight when you came in at around 11 o'clock. Oh, that, that was me, yeah. Okay, you do work there. Okay, get on your way, go home. <laughs> that happened to me, that that one happened to me once, but I get pulled over all the time. Once again, they don't do that anymore. Because That's because you you were driving 40. No, I was driving my hoopty. Back in the day, I oh, had a hoopty. Oh, that's true. The station wagon? <laughs> yeah, my red station wagon. Wouldn't you love <laughs> to have that back? I it's I know it's long gone. Yeah, I wish I had every car I ever owned back. Every single car. And I've owned literally. I wish I had my Ford LTD or my very, what was your very first car? That station wagon? 62 Pontiac station wagon. I bought it for $100. $100. And I Mine put, was a Ford Granada. I put 150,000 miles. I already had 110,000 miles when I bought it. It got wrecked. It got totaled when I was in senior high school. Bought it when I was a sophomore in high school. I wasn't even 16 yet. Bought it and worked on it, fixed it up, and drove it. And then in my senior year, right before graduation, I totaled it that summer. I rebuilt it, bought another one just like it, swapped the parts. Then a year later, I pulled the engine transmission, rebuilt the engine transmission. I, and you know what the problem? You know why I finally had to not drive it anymore? 
air conditioner. No, the brakes. It didn't have air conditioning. This is an old car. It didn't have air conditioning back in the day. The brakes I got... thought every car had air conditioning. Oh, my God. You go back in the 60s, nobody had air conditioning. Even the Cadillacs. My mom always had air conditioning. Because she always had nice cars. You go back in the 60s, and hardly any cars had air conditioning. That was like an option that nobody could afford. You couldn't have an air conditioning car. I mean, nowadays, it's almost impossible to order a car without air, air conditioning. Without air conditioning and yeah. without power. I don't think you can do that anymore. There was I told you the story. My mom, you know, I'm the radio kid, and my mom hated radio. My mom, used to, my mom used to say two things. You never buy a car that's on the lot because there's something wrong with each one of those cars. We're not talking used cars. We're talking news cars. She has this weird belief that, well, the reason they've got those cars on the lot is there's something wrong with it. You have to order it from the factory, and when it comes in, you have to, you know, that's when you know you get a good car because if you just buy one off the lot, they're junk. You know, I'm going, Mom, they're brand new cars. No, there's something wrong with it. And the other thing was my mom would order it, and she would delete the radio. Because <laughs> my mom hated radio. Uh, to this day, I'm telling you, my mom never listened to me one time on the radio. I see. I, never I disagree once, with that. Never once. I know that she probably listened to you, never, I don't know. Never, but ever, But I, I ever, can almost guess. Ever. Because remember, she that she at least listened to you once. Never. She hated me. And she you know, and she never listened to me on the radio. And my grandmother, her mother, used to say, you think you're talking on the radio. You're not really talking on the radio. You're just imagining that. Nobody can hear you. There's no such thing. That you, If you think you're on the radio, and you think you're on a radio station, that doesn't work. Nobody can hear you. That's just that's just baloney. There's nobody can hear you. I'm going like God. Did I have a great mother and grandmother? <laughs> Were they supportive of me? No, they weren't. But anyway, that's all another story. <laughs> Seven twenty-five. So I've tried to be real supportive to my kids. I, I, have. I know you do. And look how look how it worked out with my daughter. <laughs> Brand. Seven twenty-five. By definition. An antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1. I love that song. I'm sorry. Fancy like. <laughs> that is Walker Hayes and Kesha. Now, once again, if you listen to WIL, are the, uh, what is it called? The bull, the bull poop. Uh, if you listen to those two stations, you won't hear that version of the song. You won't hear Kesha. That's Walker Hayes and Kesha. We play Walker Hayes and Kesha. It's interesting how some of these country songs, they're country, and then they throw in like Nelly, and they're not so country. And there's two versions of the song. Like there's like a bunch of them. The Gabby Barrett song, you know, that one. It's on our station, it's a duet. On WIL, it's a, it's a solo with just her. Anyway, do you like that fancy like? I do. <laughs> it cracks me up when they talk about Applebee's, the bourbon steak, uh, bourbon street steak, and Oreo milkshake. <laughs> yep. Have you ever had one of those before? An Oreo milkshake? Or the bourbon street steak? I have. They're pretty good. They are. Yeah. The, the Oreo milkshake, I've never had one of those. Have you ever had one? I have. It was kind of uh, sweet. You didn't like it? Kind of sweet. How can, yeah, things, I don't... How can things be too sweet? Explain oh, it. it can be too sweet. No, there's no way. Nothing can be too sweet. Oh, absolutely. No. And I'm, I'm a chocolate connoisseur, and I eat ice cream every single day. <laughs> You're like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. You know the story about him? What he drinks. <laughs> he drinks like, he, he's like 85 now or something like that. He drinks like six cans of Coke a day, and he, yes. has, he has ice cream for breakfast. I'm thinking to myself, my man, he's my man. He's my idol. Uh, I we, had lasagna for breakfast yesterday. Did Thank you, you really? Cat Sparks. Did you really have lasagna for breakfast? I did. Did you, by the way, did you talk to her about her hubby? 
I did not. I was not here. I was in Wentzville when oh, okay. she. Br- so um, my sisters from Little Black Book, that's the female professional organization I belong to. They have set up a meal train for myself and my husband because um, he is recovering from being an amputee. And so I don't cook. I've never cooked. Tiffany grew up with cheesy hot dogs and fish sticks. And um, David's, you know, starving slammed to death. So they set up a meal train and Cat Sparks brought over Fazoli's. And it was great lasagna at five o'clock in the morning. Wow. Thank you, Cat. So you're like me. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I hate breakfast food. The only thing I like for breakfast is like bagels and 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 you know like if like yeah you're a bread eater you like that well, you back, like those carbs back in the day when i go to las vegas a lot i you know when you hit the buffets because you go you know now you know back in the day they used to be cheap oh you know you know what you know did you ever hear the phrase winner winner chicken dinner you know what that's all about i don't it used to be if you won like if you won like two dollars at one of the table games or something like that if you won two dollars they would say winner winner chicken dinner because a chicken dinner costs two bucks First time I was in Las Vegas, I had this place called Ron Shupak's Vegas World, which today is the Stratosphere. It used to be the little casino underneath that big old Space Needle deal. I hit Got Las it. Vegas at midnight, checked in my hotel room. Of course, my hotel room was gone and ended up sleeping in a closet that night in a Holiday Inn. <laughs> True story. I slept in. <laughs> they overbooked the hotel. When I get there, I had, a, I had a confirmed reservation. I get there at midnight. You know, it was confirmed. It was supposed to be till 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, they already gave my room away. They shouldn't have done that. So they give me a utility closet with a TV in it that had like one of those rollaway beds. That was my first night in Las Vegas ever in my life. So I check. So I go to my hotel. They should have given you a suite. <laughs> well, they didn't have it. They were booked. So I, oh, you know, okay. so that's why I ended up in a utility closet with a with a, with a rollaway bed. Literally, there are brooms in my room. Okay, that's what I had. So. Lady says, "Well, it's going to take a while till we could get your room to set up." Because she told me we're going to have to put you in one of our auxiliary rooms. They called it, so it turned out to be a utility room. Had an air conditioner, That's like, funny. like had an air conditioner. Like when I say like it had an air conditioner, like an air conditioner for the entire floor. You know, it was one of those. It wasn't like the room air conditioner. So she says, "Why did you go down the street and and have some dinner?" So I stumbled did they, down. Did they comp you? Of course not. <laughs> so I go down oh, okay. to I go down to Ron Shupak's Vegas World. Okay, people who know Las Vegas will go like, man, he's talking about ancient history. Yes, this is ancient history. Remember, I'm 86 years old. So I go down to Vegas World, and I sit at the bar. I love sitting at the bar to eat. Always have. I sit at the bar, and I ordered the T-bone steak dinner. And it was this monstrous T-bone steak. It had to be at least 22 ounces. It was well over a pound, okay? Big old monster order French fries. Huge salad, you know, bottomless drink whatever i wanted you know as long as it wasn't alcoholic you know i had soda or whatever dollar 97 <laughs> i'm going like man now you go to las vegas a dollar 97 will get you half of a snickers bar you know what i mean not a whole snickers bar yeah it won't even it's not even a good tip right it's like and they've gone the exact opposite way it used to be everything was cheap hotel rooms were cheap food was cheap everything was cheap because they wanted to get you there to gamble now they still want to get you there to gamble but everything's expensive it's like okay that's true hotel rooms are like god yesterday i was here to listen to a guy in another talk show read off all these things he read off like 30 different things the price of it was was what was what it was a year ago and price today everything was up at least 25 percent 
Some things were up 50%. It was crazy. I mean, in a year, gasoline up like 59%. You know, this up, you know, bread up 42%. You know, milk up 33%. Hotel rooms, you know, you know, were like, like up 60%. I'm going like, God, in a year. Okay, first off, the smartest woman in the world has criticized me, and I don't think I said this. She said, I said that, that uh, what's-his-face's car from Channel 5, uh, what's, his, what's his name? I'm losing my mind. Frank Cusimano. Frank Cusimano's car was stolen from the Chaffetz parking lot in the SLU campus. Chaffetz is like their arena. And I didn't think I said it happened in the middle of the night, but she says it happened between 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was saying that what they're doing is they're stealing people's, they're breaking into people's cars and stealing who are working the night shifts at like Amazon and UPS and FedEx and things like that. That's what I meant to say. I didn't, because I, I'm thinking to myself, what's Frank Cusimano's car doing on the Schaefer's parking lot at 2.30 in the morning? Hmm, maybe we need to check into what Frank's up to. Anyway, <laughs> but, but once again, <laughs> no, but... The reason for this is because, guess what? In the city, if you get caught doing something, the lady won't prosecute you. I'm, I just, to me, it's just like... But they'll put you in the pokey, won't they? No, they don't even do that anymore. I mean, oh, it's really? like, that's the problem in New York. It's a problem in what Los Angeles. What happened to Scared Straight? They, they don't do it anymore. Remember, remember, huh. remember, remember well, the first thing, it was sort of interesting, and I heard somebody else say this, the first thing that when Tashara Jones got elected to mayor of the city of St. Louis, her and Cori Bush, what did the first thing they do? They toured the city workhouse on Hall Street, and they thought, oh, this is deplorable. So they let everybody out. You know that? I did. I did. Did I know that? They shut down the workhouse. They let everybody out. Hey, you can go home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. I'm, I'm going like, okay. So that was, I don't even know what to say about that. But see, once again, it's this crazy stuff like in, in San Francisco where the people are just brazenly walking in, stealing up to... Like nine hundred dollars, because if you steal nine hundred, I think it's the limit's like nine hundred fifty dollars, something like that. Anything under nine hundred dollars is a misdemeanor now, like a traffic ticket. Like for example, Shelly. Well, see, Shelly wouldn't. Shelly would be. That's different because when they get Shelly doing one hundred and twenty and a sixty, she's like double the speed limit. Go, God! I was in court one time. Uh, believe it or not, it wasn't a speeding violation. I was there because. Uh, the my next door neighbor who hated me turned me in because my grass was too tall. Imagine the guy. I'm the guy that likes to cut grass, and he got out there with his ruler and figured out that there was ordinance that if the grass was over six inches tall, that that was ordinance violation. So he called the police on me, and my grass was seven inches tall. I'm not kidding when I say that. That is. Are it. you sure? I am honest to God, true story. Because once again, my next door neighbor, my first house I ever bought, he was retired. Him and his wife were retired, and all they did got was it. look out the window. To the point where, like, once sometimes, you know, the lady from next door would come over and talk to my wife. And she'd say, like, oh, I saw you come home at 10.32 last night. Where were you doing out so late? And I saw you the day before. I saw you leave leave the home and, at, at 5.30 in the morning. Why would you? And then I saw you back into the driveway at 3.32 in the afternoon. And I saw you. She sounds like my <laughs> Aunt Tootie telling on me. I'm going, like, what do you do? <laughs> Just sit at your window? Anyway, he reported me to the city won't say what city hazelwood and uh, so i end up having to go to court so first off here's my like first time ever in court i'm a young guy okay this is like 60 years ago i'm a young guy i'm in court i'm in hazelwood and first off the guy who was the bailiff i'm thinking to myself i don't want to mess with him because he was one of the at the time one of the hazelwood police officers who rode a harley and that's what I'm talking about. I have to tell you, 
I don't have leanings for the same sex, but I'm looking at this guy and thinking to myself, I want to be like him because he had like that chiseled face and he mm-hmm. had like those and he had like the the bloomer pants on with yes. the knee high motorcycle boots. Yes. I'm going that guy is BA. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do know what I, I want to be like that guy. I want to look like that guy. And to the point where like if somebody said something in court, he stand up in front there. Somebody said some something in court he didn't like before the judge got there. He looked at him, and their face would catch on fire. You know, he had like those laser eyes, like the face starts to smoke. Oh my God, stop it! Turn away! And he turned away, and their face would. would well, I'm fire. sure that didn't happen, but I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, so the judge comes in, and this is a municipal court, and most of the people there for like traffic violations. I'm there with my stupid seven inch grass when six inches was the limit, whatever. So the judge comes in, he sits down, and he says, "Okay," and he's like Mr. Tough Guy too. I'm going to tell you what my rules are. So he goes through the whole thing. I can't remember exactly what he says. He says, if you come in front of me and you've got a speeding ticket up to 10 miles an hour, and I'm going to check your record. If you don't have a, if you don't have a lot of violations, I'm going to be leaning on you. 11 to 20 miles an hour, you're going to get a ticket, you're going to get a fine, and I may assess above the fine. 21 to 30 miles an hour over the speed limit, you're going to pay dearly. And if I, if there's somebody in here who's, who's more than 30 miles an hour, and he looked at Shelly and said, that's you, Ms. Barr. I'm kidding. No, you weren't. <laughs> that is not what happened, and you know it. Stop he it. He said, over 30 miles an hour, you're going to jail. And people are going, oh. You know, like they're freaking out because, you know, there are people in there with, who got nailed at like 40, 50 miles an hour at the speed limit. And, I mean, one guy literally got up and ran out. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. <laughs> He's, you know, I'm thinking to myself, how stupid could that be? Because now he's got a warrant. He's got an FTA warrant, you know, fail, failure failure to appear warrant for his arrest. And next time he gets pulled over, then he's going to have him out of the car and in handcuffs, and he's going to be sitting in the back of a Crown Vic. You know, that's just all there is to it. And I'm thinking to myself, and and I'm, I was like near the end of the docket, and there's people. I mean, there were a couple women who walked up there, and they were in tears before they even talked. Your Honor, I, I, I have to admit, I, I never even looked at my speedometer, and I couldn't believe I was doing 22 miles an hour. And he fined the one woman 500 bucks. I'm thinking to myself, whoa, because she had a couple other speeding tickets. And he goes, I checked your record. This is the fourth speeding ticket in two years, $500. And he says, I should put you in jail for a couple of days. I'm going like, God, this guy is tough. So that was my, my day in Hazelwood Court. When was that? <laughs> Ancient history. I told you like 60 years ago when I was a young guy. Oh, okay. Long time ago. Long, long time okay. ago. Okay, next thing. Maybe we'll talk about this next break. ESD, ESA versus PSD. You know what ESA and PSD are? No. ESA is emotional support animal. Okay. Someone sent me this story yesterday, which I found fascinating. You know, the airlines, at the beginning of the year, they go, okay, enough with this crazy crap with people bringing peacocks on the plane saying they're an emotional support animal. So right. the airports, the FAA essentially came out and say, we will no longer recognize emotional support animals. Okay? So there's this company, and I'm not going to give them free publicity, not going to give their web address. They used to specialize in ESA certificates. If you called them up, and you and you and you there eight hundred number. Yeah, oh, I want to take my my little pootsy wootsy dog on the plane with me. Will you give me an ESA? And they would turn you over to a a licensed clinical social worker, an LCSW. She would talk to you on the phone. Oh yes, sir, ma'am. I can tell you, you need to have poopsie whoopsie with you on the plane. 
you know, send us $150 and we'll send you your emotional support animal certificate that you can show the airline. Well, the airline essentially says, we don't care anymore. We don't care about ESAs. And it's our discretion. If we think you're trying to get away with get your dog on the plane for free, guess what? We're not going to let you do it. Well, guess what? Now there's PSDs. Okay. Psychiatric support dog. No way. I swear to God, I'm not kidding. This company (laughs) now issues PSDs. And if you go, I'll give you the website off air because I want to give any free publicity. No. Let me see if I can read the thing on this. It's now, um, let me see. Here, Uh, I should have bookmarked it. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the, traveling alone can be stressful, and a home just isn't a home without your best friend. Blah, blah, blah understands the comfort and companionship that a pet can provide, and we don't think you should have to go without it. That's why we've dedicated to helping you secure an ESA letter. This is the old thing. If you qualify through a guided process that involves a free screening, a licensed therapist session, and a customer support team that is dedicated to getting you all the information you need, we're the number one emotional support letter service, and we make sure that your letter is 100% compliant with state and federal regulations. Okay, what's interesting is they don't talk about on the aircraft because they don't do that anymore, but people like back in the day, if you moved into an apartment complex, they'd say no pets. They can't say that anymore. Because now what people do, they get this ESA letter and they can move into an apartment and say, well, I have to have my dog. It's my emotional support. And you no longer can discriminate against that. So if you want an apartment complex, you can no longer say no pets. Because if you do say that, somebody will show up with a pet and they'll go, okay, I got an ESA letter. Okay, so it goes on to say, let me see if I can find this, the PSD thing. i tell you what, um, maybe i take a break here and find it. Because what's funny, when you read this to me, even you, who is a dog lover, you're going to roll your eyes when I read this. When I read this. It's like I'm already rolling my <laughs> eyes, Brad. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, let's take a break. I'll find this and I'll talk about the PSD because this is you have an interview with a psychiatrist, and, uh-huh. a, and a psychiatrist issues you this letter, which does which circumvents the ESA restriction on the airlines. So the airlines can say, well, we no longer accept ESA letters. And they go, well, that's okay, because I got a PSD letter. This is, this is my psychiatrist says I have to have my 450-pound bulldog on the plane with me who's going to take up three it's seats. It's 194 Great Pier. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Okay. So we'll, we'll take a break, and I'll find out the PSD letter. And when I read this to you, like I said, even you are going to roll your eyes. Okay? 746. Okay. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1, it is BS in the Morning. I'm Shelly, she's Brad, 751. And this is the Trimalcast, and we call it bsinthemorning.show. That's a web address if you want to check that out. Okay, we're talking, last break, we're talking about this company that uh, the airlines have made it uh, pretty much tough for you to bring your emotional support animal on the plane. That's what they call an ESA, emotional support animal. Remember the goofy thing was the lady who tried to get her peacock on the plane? Remember that? Yes, and I there do. there was one lady that tried to get a pony on the plane? Like, she did. <laughs> that's right. She did get the pony on the plane. Okay, uh-huh. so here's this company, and let me read you the first paragraph right here. It's now called PSD, and PSD are psychiatric service dogs. I, did, I said support dog. It's psychiatric service dog. Okay. And here's the definition. 
a psychiatric a service a service animal is different than a support animal. Right. A psychiatric service dog is a type of assistant animal that's trained to perform specific tasks for individuals living with a mental illness. These unique tasks are directly related to the handler's disability. Most of us are accustomed to seeing guide dogs supporting those with physical disabilities like a hearing or sight impairment. However, a psychiatric service dog helps people with typically unseen, unnoticeable disabilities. And they talk about, here's your list. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, depression, anxiety disorders, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, ADHD. So I can, so there you go right now. I can have a PSD dog if I wanted. Let me get certified and I'll take your dog on a plane ride. How's that? Bipolar disorders, social phobias, schizophrenia, agoraphobia, claustrophobia, panic disorders, autism. And what's interesting, it talks about, it says, and this is a company that you call up. They used to send, you know, they used to give you ESA, you know, emotional support animal certificates. So if you show up in the airline, I'm sorry, you can't take your dog. Well, I got an ESA letter. Okay, fine. Go go have a seat. And once again, what happens is, like, sometimes they just take up a seat next to you. You're like, okay, if you're flying a full flight, somebody gets I know bumped. if I took my dog on, right. I he would take up a seat. Okay. So, we would both take up a whole row. Here we go. It dis- It defines... Tactile stimulation and pressure therapy can help ground a person and offer a therapeutic distraction from anxiety, depression, or a pending panic attack. Dogs can be trained to place pressure on their handler's chest or lap to encourage... Oh, whoa, hold on a minute. I didn't read this. I didn't read this. Dogs can be trained to place pressure on their handler's chest or lap to encourage emotional regulation and bring calm to a situation. Ladies, find me a lady out there who has a dog that puts his paw on your boobs to make you feel better. Okay, I'm be honest. Is there a person, is there a woman out there who could call me up and say, yeah, I have my dog trained to do that, right? Chance could do that <laughs> if I trained him. <laughs> but, but, but would but you? But he's 184 but pounds. He'd, he'd crush you. He's a big dog. Right, you'd have broken ribs when he got done with you, right? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I, had bro- <laughs> if I would have broken ribs, but... So It would leave a mark. Okay, let me read this again. Dogs can be trained to place pressure on their handler's chest or lap to encourage emotional regulation and bring calm to a situation. Now, I know there's somebody out there going like, this guy in the radio is such a cretin. Doesn't he really realize that people need this? You know, let's be honest. We know what You're going to get calls. <laughs> what, they're, what they're up to is they're trying to get it so dogs, so pet owners can fly with their dogs and not have to pay for it. Not stick them in a kennel in the, in the baggage compartment. Okay. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, they give all these different things. Relief from sensory overload, companionship, selective selective solitude or reclusiveness. Psychi- psychiatric service dogs can encourage an individual to leave home and engage with people when they usually opt out for solitude. How is that? Explain that to me. Has your dog ever said, hey, Shelly, you've been at home too much. You need to go out. Yeah, but I will tell you, you as a man, if you sit there and you get a dog and you start walking that dog and then a group of women, they will hone in on you like nobody's business. Now you know why. Take a dog on a walk (laughs) down on Main Street. 
now, now you know why I'm a single guy. <laughs> I, told, I told you the story. When I had my four kids, when they were little, I used to go to Willikers Restaurant there in 94. Seriously, well-behaved <laughs> children and puppies. <laughs> no, no. Um, and I would, Chick magnet. I would go out on Monday night because my wife was at her Mary Kay meeting. And my routine was we'd go Monday night to Willikers. It's been long since gone. I missed that place. I loved it. Um, and uh, Mr. Jones, I don't know why you ever sold it, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, we'd go there on Monday night, and, and I would take my kids there because they had great kids' meals. Oh, my God, they were great. And Monday night was T-bone steak night, and it was like nine ninety nine for me, and the kids would get a kids' meal. And I'd sit there, and I could. It got to the point where after the first couple times it happened, I thought to myself, "Okay, it's going to happen again." Almost every night I was there, some woman would come up to me and say, "Hey, my uh, my girlfriend and I were sitting across the room, and we saw you over there, and we want to know what's going on. You got four little kids with you. Are you like divorced? Is this like dad's night out with the kids? Nope, I'm married. So uh, where's your wife? She's at a meeting. So uh, I know it's the little one. Like he looks like he's in diapers." Uh, what happens when he has to, when you have to change his diapers? I go, I take him in the restroom and change his diaper. You change his diaper? Yes, I change his diaper. Even if it's poopy? Yes, I've changed at this point in time. I've changed, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of poopy diapers because, you know, I had four kids at the time. They're my youngest. And they go, one lady goes, let me see your diaper bag. <laughs> it's under the table. Here's my diaper bag, ma'am. Here it is. Look, diapers, wipes, all that stuff. Yes, I'm very good at this. So, 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 so you're saying if I want to pick up women, I just rent some kids. Hey, kids, I'll take you out Chick to dinner. Magnet, <laughs> okay. kids or puppies. Let but me. You have to make sure that the uh, kids are well behaved. Okay, let me. Unless get... it's a little baby, then that's that. You know, all bets are off. Okay, here, here we go. The Air Carrier Access Act. I'm reading from this website how you can get your PSD certification. The Air Carrier Access Act, ACAA of 1986, prohibits refusal and discrimination towards individuals based on their disability and their need for a service animal to accompany them. The ACAA allows disabled owners to take their service animal on board a flight in the cabin without paying extra fees. Okay, that's the key right there. That's what they're saying. What they're doing is, and once again, I'm not making fun of the people that do have a disability, physical disability, whatever, that are blind and have a service dog. I get that. It says, for those who intend on it, traveling with their PSD, well, what, say, what do we say, psychiatric service dog, it's important to note that the Department of Transportation permits airlines to write to ask PSD owners to submit a certification form before departure. The form requires the individual provide certain certifications, including proof that their PSD has been trained to assist with the disability and is capable of good behavior on a flight. You can learn more about what it's like travel with a PSD. Here's the interesting thing. They talk about how you can get a PSD, a psychiatric service dog, and they talk about you can buy one from these companies that train the dogs to help the blind people and stuff like that or the deaf. You can buy one from them. You can can, uh, essentially have your dog trained by them or... Category three, you can train your own dog. So, so it's like... It's you, not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, but it's, a, but it's a scam because you can say, I trained my dog. I had a meeting with him last night. We went over, a, you know, him and I watched a, a, a video I on... Taught, taught him woof right? and sit we, and... We watched a video on YouTube for about 10 minutes and I go, did you get that? And you go, ruff, 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 ruff. Okay, fine, you're trained. There's no qualification. So you can just I said, well, my dog's trained. Who trained him? I did. Okay, fine. Within a year, there will be qualifications. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the qualifications. You can train your own dog. So, so then what happens, you call this company, and supposedly they have like a psychiatrist who gets on the phone with you and talks to you. Okay. And says, here we go. 
Verifying a psychiatric service dog. The symptoms of mental health illness are not always visible to others. As such, it's not uncommon to expect a request for verification, especially when entering a place where no dogs are allowed. According to the ADA, the staff of an establishment can legally ask the following questions. Number one, is the dog a service animal required because of a disability? Number two, what work or task has the dog been trained to perform? Number three, no one has the right to ask you to identify your specific disability or ask that your pet demonstrate their skill. You just have to say the two the two different questions. Is your dog a service animal? Yep. What work or task? Well, he can bark at me when my underwear falls off. Okay, fine. You're you're it's a PSD. Hey, guess what? It we're past time. Yep, you're gonna be kicked off, buddy. <sighs> so you know what? What? This is gonna be my last radio show. I I'm gonna break this to you slowly, Shelly. Gonna be my last radio show. You know what I'm gonna do? What? I'm going to this afternoon. When I get off the air, I'm going to get my my truck and i'm gonna get a camper shell on it i don't have a camper shell on it. i'm gonna get a big old camper shell in the back of my truck i'm gonna go down to one of these no-kill shelters i'm gonna go okay i'll take that one 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 i'm gonna get like 10 dogs and then over the weekend uh you know because you're a facebook person you're gonna help me put like a marketplace and i'm gonna sell those dogs as psds psychiatric support dogs because i will have trained them in an hour when we sit down in my living room. Okay, dogs, watch this video. I'm going to train you how to be a PSD dog. And then I'm going to sell them for $10,000 a piece. Okay. And then next week I'm doing the same thing. So that way I'm going to make like 10 dogs. I'm going to make $100,000 a week, which would make me a millionaire in three months. What do you think? I, I'm freakishly okay with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know there are people out there going like, well, my, my mom is, you know, blind. I, I get it. You know, I, but once again, what they're doing is they're scamming the airlines. It's so your dog can, that's the whole thing. Emotional support animal. Yeah, right. You know. Anyway, so have a great weekend. Today's Friday, right? You know, you know what I have? I have an, what do you have? I have an, I, I shouldn't tell you this. You're going to be mad when I tell you this, but I do have. An emotional support animal that when I do fly, I take I take this this ESA on the plane with me. Okay. And it's a bunny. It's a what? A bunny. Okay. It's a Playboy bunny. So. <laughs> of course it is. And there you have it, ladies and gents. <laughs> it's eight oh two. Have a great weekend. Peace and I fly.